transitioning so what as an actor what does that look like for what's next um what it looks like for what's next is it's kind of <laughs> it's crazy because you go from a consistency eight shows a week to nothing mm-hmm. or you go from eight shows a week to all of a sudden you have four auditions a week maybe five auditions a week depending if we get a call back next and maybe that turns into six or seven and oftentimes you can get them up to like a week in advance or you can get them the day before and you just have to be prepared. So as an actor, it's, I am activating different muscles that I haven't used in a long time in terms of retention and mm-hmm. in terms of adaptability. And that's been really fun um, because I get to play a different character for five minutes in a room. It also means that when I do get a job that hasn't been announced, I can't say anything right. yet. Um, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. no, there's nothing like, I'm going to be a big bro. No, there's like nothing me. <laughs> there's something cool that I will be doing. I'm going to do a show in, from January to March. I, I'm i sure they will announce it soon. I'm sure. It's an out-of-town tryout. Who knows what will awesome. happen. But I'm excited to do the work, you know, and get back in and start creating a character again. That'll be fun. Awesome. But until then, um, I do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. I've been traveling a lot. I just like that's what I like to put my time and money and energy towards uh, because I, it fuels my soul personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that a you know better actor is a well-rounded actor and you get to I like getting to go to different places and meeting new people and it's very therapeutic so I've been doing a lot of that and then like little concert stuff here and there I basically say yes to everything this was supposed to be my year of learning to say no how's that working for you uh I feel like I'm succeeding 40% of the time (laughs) (laughs) probably a little less but I am getting better at identifying projects that I really am passionate about okay. and projects that I just do to keep working, <laughs> to keep the juices right. going, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but it's, I like, I've actually, I feel like I'm rough in the unemployed life and it's still good. Yeah. So I, I all, all things are good. 
So if you could speak into existence one part that you want right now in this moment, what would it be? Oh my god. Um, I want to play Gracie Hart in Miss Congeniality if they ever turn that into a musical. I thought they were. Aren't they doing that? I feel like they Maybe are. Maybe they are. They probably are, and I'm not. Oh no, it's Devil Wears Prada. I lied. It's Devil Wears Prada. They are doing that. I'm not doing that. I did go in for it. Did you? I did did not get in. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see it. I think it's going to be badass. And I'm excited to see Doubtfire, too. Oh, yeah. The trailer for that sounds dope. I mean, he sounds. I'm real excited. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, where did you go to college? Let's talk about that. I went to college at the University of Michigan. Yes, Yes, in Ann Arbor. And it was amazing. Good. Um, I went there because for me, before I entered college, I didn't know if I wanted to go for theater mm-hmm. or for academics. And UMish kind of op- offered the best of both worlds. Okay. Um, so I got as much of a conservatory training as I wanted, but also, you know, was taking English lit classes with physics majors. And we go to football games on Saturdays. Okay. So it was, I feel like it was a great place to be well rounded. Made so many mistakes. Was just a flailing individual at times, as we all are during college. Oh. Yeah, I am. Yeah, we made choices. Social media was not as big when I was in college. Oh my god, me too. So I would be in trouble. Oh yeah, it's bad. That's why it's mine in my face. <laughs> there's, I feel like, yeah. Anyways, there's pictures that will show up at some point in my life. I'll be like, why do you still have these? Do you have like a couple that are in your mind that are like? Oh, I know exactly you? which one it is. Yeah, they're same. like. Mm-hmm. They're not digital, but they're definitely in someone's possession in like a safety deposit box in a bank somewhere. <laughs> so like, I'm horrified, and I know exactly what I was wearing. I know exactly what happened mm-hmm. leading up to that moment, yep. mm-hmm. and I've seen the picture, so I know it exists. So I'm like, Ooh. who has it? And did I piss I them off? That. So there's that. Mm, um, it's horrifying. <laughs> so you, what was your Broadway debut? My Broadway debut was Aladdin. I yes. was Princess Jasmine in Aladdin. Yeah. Which I, it was a short stint. It was five weeks, but it happened because J.C. Nicola, who's the director of both Aladdin and The Prom, mm-hmm. I was on tour at the time, and he wanted to help me. He wanted me to be in the uh, lab developmental process for The Prom going mm-hmm. into Broadway. So he kind of facilitated it that Courtney Reed and I switched places. So she went to L.A. to do this for just wow. five weeks and I got to make my Broadway debut at night while playing Alyssa Green during the day. So it was a crazy... It's exhausting, it's, exha- but it's exhausting, but honestly, it was the best situation to be in because it was a show I already knew. The people at the New Amsterdam are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Anybody of you, if any of you listening, I love you so much. The Aladdin crew there, the crew and cast, everybody, it's just very good energy, very That's good awesome. people. They were so supportive. And it was just like a fun time. So I didn't have, it wasn't like going and crying every night. I could have fun and then cry during the day when I was like right. figuring out who Alyssa Green was. But yeah, so that was my Broadway That's debut. That's so awesome. It was really fun. Casey Nicola is like the life. king of Broadway right now. He yeah. just at one point had three or four shows on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I need to take over at the same time. too, probably. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about that in a minute, which brings about my protective uh, fans conversation. Okay. Uh, what inspires you to keep going and to keep performing? My love for it. Mm-hmm. And my, I, I just want to, I, I want to understand what makes people tick. And I feel like when you take on a character, you can't judge them right. because you have to believe everything that they are doing. So 
I feel like I grow more as a human by trying to understand the ugly and the good parts of a person's psyche and their good behaviors and actions. And also, I just I love telling good stories with good people. There's something that's really it feels electric. It yeah. doesn't always happen, but like when it does, it, it's, it's like amazing. not of this world. It's pretty cool. So I just want to keep telling good stories with the people because I also think they're transformative, and I think that um, people's lives when they witness a really strong piece of theater that resonates with them, it impacts them in a way that will create a ripple effect throughout their life mm -hmm. and they'll lead their lives in a different way or think differently. Um, and I strive to be a part of shows that are like that, that ask the really difficult questions or maybe, or just a part of the conversation in a, you know? Yeah. Just. I mean, I think, I'm paranoid, so I'm also recording my iPhone. Um, so that's like four plays in my phone. That happened to me once. You get like a full hour and it was just, like, it's going, but I, you know. I no, I, I can really, I also, if I'm a person, I'll check my keys five times after I've left the house, even though I know. You know you have them. I just, it's mm -hmm. just like, yeah. I've done that with my phone, mm -hmm. and I have been on the phone, and could not find my phone, <laughs> and walked into a car dealership, and was, like, freaking out. And they're like, sir, what's oh, wrong? And I was no. like, I can't find my phone. I was talking to my mom on my phone. I was like, I can't find my phone, it's really important, like, I can't lose my phone, and the guy just stared at me, and I was like, you're not even helping Did me. Did your like, mom say anything to no. you? No. She was dead silent. <laughs> she dead was silent. like, I'm going to wait to see how long this is going to take. Oh, it took way too long. Oh my god, way that's amazing. So I I'm like, that. running around the car dealership, I was like, in the bathroom, I was like, in the trash can, mind you, still holding my phone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's and then she said something to me, and I was like, yeah, hold on, I'm looking... You let me go up, whatever. She laughed hysterically. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, that's brilliant. I love that. So rude. <laughs> oh, she was like, did you find your phone? I was like, so rude. So rude. That's good, Bob. <laughs> Who's your musical influence? My musical influence? Uh, growing up, it was definitely Judy Garland and Barbra Streisand, because that's what my mom just played all the time in the house. Mm -hmm. So I had this like golden age ear. Um, so they, they were basically different. Definitely my musical influences then. Now, I don't really know if I, I feel like they still are. I don't particularly, I, I, I enjoy so many people's work, but there's not one person who I'm like, that's who I'm striving to be mm -hmm. like. Um, I'm a fan of a lot of people, yeah. From childhood, Judy and Barb's. Okay. Yeah, Babs. I'm all about Barb's. Barb's, it's all the same. Barb's. Whatever, she's yeah. Barb's. Yeah, oh God. Somebody. Um, what's the best advice you've been given? You can't move forward while you're looking to the side. Our head of department said it at college. She says it like every year, but it, it really, really resonates. Meaning like you can't get better if you are so concerned with what other people are doing and how much farther ahead they are than you or what they have that you don't have or vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's just like there's no, it was amazing. There was like, I remember it was the Summer Olympics and it was, I can't remember it was it was Michael Phelps and the, I think it was a Brazilian swimmer or whatever, and the shot of them, it was butterfly stroke or whatever, and Michael Phelps going full force ahead, and the guy is literally just looking at Michael Phelps, and he was like the biggest competition, and he lost by, you know, a fraction of a second. Yeah. But it was like, you, dude, just you took your eye off the ball, you stopped focusing on yourself. And I think it's much easier said than done, mm -hmm. um, because I think it's a, it has to be a practice. 
that's something that you have to choose every day to focus on yourself and not take other people's success, successes as your failures. Mm -hmm. And just to be supportive and like on top of, to, to let go, I think is the hardest thing to do. Be like, yes. That is not for me. Yes. There is room on stage for both of us and your greatness does not mean that my moment will not come. Right. Um, and it's more difficult and more similar mm -hmm. if you are to do it as a performer, but I think if you just get in touch with like the human aspect of it rather than the hierarchy, you're going to be a lot better off. Right. Yeah. What's one of the biggest mistakes that you've made in the industry? Oh. Oh, I don't want to ask that. That's a good question. Um... Probably getting drunk at the wrong party, but you know, the fixer will show up. Yeah, okay. um, but no, I mean, on a more serious note, um, I think one of the most dangerous things you can do is talk about the business in Midtown Manhattan. Yeah, and I it's happened to me a couple of times where I will talk about a show that I just saw or about to see, and I don't have much a like some choice words about and somebody affiliated is sitting right next to me or behind me and so I would say this actually happened to me the other day but luckily I didn't say anything bad but I was like it was a show that I wasn't crazy about but I was like oh, and the director was right behind me and I oh. didn't know it until he left and my gut dropped my stomach sunk and I went I like made my friend replay the conversation I was like what what did we say about it? We mentioned the show, but we didn't say anything. We didn't say anything bad. Right. But I was like, oh, I went into a, like a, a panic. <laughs> so I would just say, just be, make sure if you have, if you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Like, especially right. in Hell's Kitchen, Midtown Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan, period. On it. But just, just don't Jersey. say it in public. Go just to be Jersey. In, just exactly. go to Jersey. Don't say it on a podcast. Just be in. Right. Just be in the confines of a home. Mm -hmm. With people you trust. And even then, it's, you know, it's better to just write it down. Because also, it's not conducive for you. Because right. just because it wasn't your cup of tea doesn't mean it's not somebody else's. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, I, you, you know, if you say something bad, then you'll think, think about it. And, like, you don't know if they heard or not. And right. then that could potentially affect you down the line. Just, like, don't. So I would say that was probably that and maybe not. Maybe forgetting to respond to emails in a timely fashion. Okay. Which is something that I still struggle with. Not with me, everybody. Not so you. there's that. Woo! But but I have done the thing where like if I see an email late at night, I'll think about it and be like, great, I'm gonna respond tomorrow morning and I forget. Of course. And it's like a director reaching out. You know, like the right. things that are not you don't you don't hold off on. Right. I need to work on that. I've been I've been much better, but I feel like I there is the potential for potentially slighting people mm -hmm. with that. That's yeah. probably the impression I'm supposed to remember, which okay. is not intentional, but not good for constructing you know, right. a positive relationship. So, yeah. so, so learn from that, people. In the same breath, <laughs> there's shows on Broadway that are one person's cup of tea and not the other. What is your recommendation for teenagers, young adults in the industry or wanting to be in the industry about seeing these shows? A lot of times we rely on word of mouth before we see a show yeah. that... 
X show isn't that good, so no people don't go to see it. What do you feel about that? Uh, I feel torn about that because I think I think everybody's a critic, and I think everybody's gonna find, especially, especially if you want to go into this field and you're younger, you're gonna be more critical. Mm-hmm. I was that way; like, I was less forgiving because you want to. There's something that I feel like when you're young, you equate intelligence with criticism, okay. um, which is not true necessarily. I think there's actually beauty in finding what will connect to people in certain projects, and just because. Maybe a jukebox musical isn't for you doesn't mean that it won't change somebody else's life. Right. So I think you can't judge it until you see it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have money to go, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. Then I would say read reviews. Don't go on the message boards because those are chat like petty. I don't go on them. I haven't been on them, but I'm like, so, I'm sorry if you waste your time tearing other people down behind. That's just mm-hmm. I feel bad for you. I've been kicked out of many a Facebook group for defending people that I knew or didn't know. Um, You've been kicked out for defending people? Yeah, well, because we're humans. Yeah. And, yeah, I was was kicked out. Actually, I can tell the story. I was kicked out of a group for defending Leah Michelle, who I don't know. Like, I don't know her. I've never met her. That's why I met her one time. And it was in passing. And they were just ripping her to shreds for something that, like, it doesn't matter. It's something that, like... Her check is still cashed at the bank, no matter what. Yeah, people still love her. She's and it's like, it. yeah. And it was, I think about her appearance or something, and I just decided to, like, go in. It was one of those days where, like, you know you shouldn't be at your computer because you're already in a pissy mood. Yeah. And someone said something, and I was like, brrrr, oh, said, I, and they kicked me out of the group. So. I get it. I get it. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. And so now I've learned to, like, read it and then laugh and shut my computer. Yeah write it, and then delete it. I think that's why I stay off of it, though, because I I personally get affected. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't, I can't read reviews. Mm-hmm. I don't read, I try not to read comments mm-hmm. on, like, anything I put, because it just will drive me, even the good stuff, it'll, yeah. like, it'll sink in, and I don't want it to, because... Or, like, why do they say it that way? Yeah. Why is there a period and an exclamation point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, oh, I was thinking about this earlier. One of the things I love about theater is that every show is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a perfect performance captured in time. Okay. You have messiness and moments that don't work, and it's something that you are always working on, always evolving, mm-hmm. if, especially if it's well-written, like there's something more to pick up on. And there are some nights where you're not going to be good. Right. It's just the truth. So for audience members to come, you know, if, if somebody saw my bad show where my voice was out and I was so distracted because of something else that was going on. I feel like I wasn't in the fog, but the next night I had a fabulous show. Two people could have very different mm-hmm. feelings about me as an actor. Probably one thinks I suck and one thinks that I'm great. I don't know, but it doesn't... I don't think you should take somebody else's word as rote because mm-hmm. you will get a different experience from that. Yeah. Period. Because that's all you're getting. It's, that's what's the beauty of it. It's, like it's contained in that... Right. Every show is its own thing. Yeah. So I think if you are able to give grace to that, then you can have fun. I'd say go see whatever. Okay. That's my long compliment. No, I love it. That. What would you say to high school theater educators and college theater educators getting the next generation ready? Uh, I would say... Yeah, I just... 
keep fostering a supportive environment where they're building each other up rather than tearing each other down and making it um, not competitive, mm -hmm. if that's even possible. I don't know exactly how you, I think you do that by just not comparing the students to each other and just yeah. being like, look what this person can do. Or just like making, yeah. And I would say stop focusing on the technical elements. I mean, yes, you have to focus on the technical elements. It's good to be, you know, a technically sound singer and to have, you know, know how to mark your scripts and your beat work and do all that. But I think focusing on the truth of it all right. is the most important yeah. thing. And doing exercises that foster that foster a place where they feel okay to play and fail is really important. And clearly not an educator would want to structure the setting, to, you know, a facilitated classroom to do that, but I think it's so important that people feel safe to play or else they'll hide. Yeah. They'll even retreat within themselves. They'll get nothing done. Exactly. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. So... You were in this show called The Prom. Uh, I will not admit on air how many times I saw the show. Uh, I stopped paying student loans so I could see the show. <laughs> no, um, I saw it many times. And you made history about a year ago. Yeah. This week. Yeah, a couple days. Yeah, a year ago, two days ago. I think ago. it was like two days ago or something, yeah, like, that. something like that. And you were the first... Uh, I don't even know how to explain what it was. I mean, it just was yeah. normal. So, like, the first... Exactly. But we were the first uh, on-air, live, uh, same-sex kiss in parade history. Parade history. Got you. Parade right history. Like, that's, the, that's the kicker. It's like, yes, we've had kisses. on, But it was the fact that it parade. was on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that nationally thousands and hundreds of thousands of families tuned into. And we legitimized families that look like that yep. all over the country by doing so. Because it's just, that's a part of our show. We didn't add it in. Right. It's just the way our, um, our the show ends and the way that number ended. And Macy's was 100% on board. There was never a question about it. Nobody was ever like, oh, should we, shouldn't we? They were like, great. That's it. We're doing it. And they, they got a good shot of it. They didn't. Sure did. They didn't, you know shy away from what our show is. Mm -hmm. And that's a good, I'm glad that they didn't have any questions about it because if they did, then they'd be like, why, why do you think our show to be on the show? Right. To be on a parade in the first place, you know? Um, no, they were advocates for us and stood by us even after the shit show that went down on Twitter, which was, it I was loved. outrageous. Oh my God, I loved it. I loved it. It was outrageous. <laughs> Just watch, I mean, yeah. It, I've spent way more time going down every rabbit hole that was like, comments, comments, comments. Crazy. Um, I did that. That's what I will say. I that's way more fun than way more fun because there was something. It wasn't all well, bad news is even good news or, or all bad press is good press, right. or whatever it is. It was that, and I was like, the fact that we are getting people fired up so much that we were a part of the Thanksgiving dinner conversation. Yeah, and families could talk about and like the responses we got it, for every bad that negative comment, there were hundreds of mm -hmm. positive, overwhelming validations. Um, and for the that for the gay community, it was something they didn't know they needed and they right. to see that it was mm -hmm. like, oh my god, this is this is me. This is being shown to everybody at right. nine thirty a.m. Right. on a Thursday morning. That's supposed to be a family show. Right. Right. Not, there's nothing. 
island or it's all it's innocent it's like it was a it's a tender kiss it's not like we're humping each other True. you know and even if we were <laughs> i mean maybe not at 9 30 in the morning 9 30 in the morning is a little much but you can watch nine at night yeah exactly it happens a lot prime time baby oh lord oh god so macy's Thanksgiving day parade is yeah. something that you rehearse at like 11 o'clock the night before or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's cold. Two nights before you go in, it's freezing. But it wasn't that cold. It was, yeah, it was like about 35 degrees. And I think we rehearsed at a, like, on a, at a 7 p.m. Oh, we were on, it was a Monday night because everybody has shows Tuesday. So it was a Monday night. Um, and you do your camera blocking and you run it twice. And they're doing their uh, weaving, bobbing and weaving with the cameras. Why bobbing and weaving? I don't know. Um, but it was that moment that Casey Nicola pulled Caitlin Cannon and myself aside and said, guys, we don't shy away from the kids. We're really doing this. This is gonna be this is gonna mean so much to so many people. And they're like, Holy fuck, we're doing this! <laughs> yes, I say fuck everybody. Boom, she does. Um, actually that's not a surprise. I curse all the time it's on okay. my social media fuck. Um I'm such a sidebar. Anyway, I, I my brain works so randomly. I love it. Yeah. I um, love it. But anyway, yes, yeah, so you were rehearsed at that, and it was 35 degrees when we were all bundled up because we could wear whatever we wanted. And then Thanksgiving morning was, I think it was something like nine degrees, but yes. it felt like below nine. It was freezing. And it, and we were all in like short dresses and yeah. tights. I think I wore three layers of tights. I had foot warmers underneath my in my feet, my shoes, um, and they have you have to be out there two minutes before you go, and you have to run the whole thing one time in the morning at like 7 a.m. and then you do it again at parade time <clears throat> and it's fr- I mean we had our stage managers and our, our wiggies and our um, our hair and makeup people holding our coats and scarves and gloves like on the side holding everything and they have these giant wind funnels they just blow hot air at and so you just huddle around it for a second <laughs> before then you run to your places to do it oh, I mean it was so freaking cold I couldn't believe we were just so high because you, if you stop moving, you would you'd die. Yeah. You'd freeze. Yeah. And like even footage, you see the breath freezing, which cracks me up. I think Angie Shore had it the worst because she was in her short, really short, like Fossy outfit. Yeah. dress with her long leg. I mean, she's always cold. That woman's always That's cold. That's hilarious. If you look really close on the video on YouTube, you can see there's like a freeze frame somewhere out there. That is Beth Level's face, just so cold. Her whole face is red. <laughs> Her nose is red. Yes. It's like so. It gives you an idea of like how uncomfortably cold it is out there. So uncomfortably cold. And then oh you look God. at the rock cats, and they're like, "This is the warmest we've ever been." Like, I don't understand. How? I don't. They, they've been doing it for years. They're trained. But you know, there's always that one rock cat that's like, "This is awful." I would step out of line. I'd be like, uh, "I'm sorry, I can't get up to ninety. You want to wear the leg? Nope. Sorry. Oh God." My grandmother. We used to watch the Macy's Things that we did parade with my grandmother before she passed, and mm-hmm. she would always. Every year, like, it was new information. They must be so cold. How are they do? Like, Grandma, they've been doing this for 80 years. Like, they're cold every year. No, no, no. You never know. Um, It's it's fascinating. So that's so awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. And so you were doing the show. Oh, I imagine. Mm -hmm. You're doing the show on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And um, before I get to some of the fan, the prom fan questions, Mm -hmm. um, Something weird happened in the run of the show where a really cool thing was announced and then the next day it was like redacted in a weird way. 
in that, like, you announced the Netflix movie. Yeah. And then somehow announced a random cast with it. And we're like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Um, and I've heard mixed things from different people in the show um, of how everybody reacted. And I'm curious as to your unfiltered reaction of how that all happened. And I'm not, I don't mean, like, juicy, juicy details, but... Yeah, um... I, it was like, the thing is, it was, there was a week where it was just the perfect storm of every wind getting knocked out of our sails. So the movie was ultimately announced in April when Ryan Murphy came and hosted a great benefit performance where he had 500 kids from Trevor, the Trevor Project, Glad, and Hedger Martin Institute that had never been to Broadway and never seen the comedy, and they all identified with the comedian. They've oh, seen wow. the show for the first time. And while they're there, there are but like Glenn Close is there, and Andrew Reynolds, and Ben Platt, and Billy Porter, and Christian Ciriano. There's like a bunch of celebrities mm-hmm. that were there. It was like a crazy night, and that was the night he announced that they were making this movie. This was in April. I had a very bad sunburn. I looked like a lobster and had to find <laughs> the right amount of concealer. That's a sidebar, but that was a funny. You had sunburn me. in April? Oh, I went to Florida for a day. Yeah. I have family that live in Delray. Beach, for and for I, a day? I, I mean, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. Well, no, no. I mean, I did Hollywood. I was just saying that, but like, you got sunburned in a day? Yeah, I forgot. I fell asleep. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it was. There it was. And it's the ozone's dying, if you didn't know. So, (laughs) someone called Greta. Yeah, but I don't usually burn because I'm half black. So, yes, I know. It was the first time that I've ever experienced it, and I was a lobster. And I had to find the right amount of makeup. This is such a sidebar. Um, but it, that's what was going through my mind during that show. But we did the show. It was wonderful. The reception afterwards was great. Everybody was lovely. Um, you know, we even got people coming and being like, we hope you guys play you in the movie. And we knew, uh, the producers had told us about a week before that they were turning it into a movie. When that happened, I personally had no illusions about being in it. Mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, for to get people seen, you need names mm-hmm. and Hollywood names if you're going to get people to click on it on Netflix to watch it. So I didn't have any qualms with not being in the film. Um, would I love to be in it? Absolutely. Uh, but not, I don't think any of us really believe that it could happen. There were talks, like our representations was vacation. I think they left it open for a while. Mm-hmm. And then in June, it was about a week after the Tonys, we got the call that said they have a really big budget, they're going to go with a bunch of names. Totally fine. That Wednesday, it was a Monday, that was Monday we got that call. Wednesday, we got our closing notice. Oh, God. Friday, our original Principal Hawkins, Michael Potts, left our show to do a Denzel Washington movie, which is fabulous. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, look for it on Netflix coming soon. Yes. Uh, so it was, a, that was, it was great for him, but we were all devastated. We were losing our family. And then the following Monday, the cast list came out of the prom movie when we had seven weeks of the show left. And some of it was incorrect. Um, or I guess just one piece of the puzzle was incorrect, which was Alyssa Green was incorrect. Uh, Who was it at that point? Ariana Grande. That's different right. Ariana. Um, yeah. And so it wasn't even so much that it wasn't us. It was just that it all came at once. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a, it felt like a kick in the ass. Like it was mm-hmm. really hard. It was very difficult for all of us. And then to go on stage and have to 
to go on stage. Yeah. Every night. And be like, you know, we're, we were still so proud of the work we did. Um, but there is something that you have to process and let go of when you're the things that you create. And it wasn't even just me. Like, I mainly felt horrible for Beth and Brooks and Chris and Angie who who birthed these characters mm-hmm. eight years ago. You know right. what I mean? To let for them to let go of it. Like I had only been associated with the show for two two and a half years, so I I can get it. I can like get over it more easily. But like they they are those people. They created mm-hmm. them. They gave their lifeblood. You know, and they're so brilliant at right. it. Um, I love me and Meryl Streep. I love but Meryl Streep. Too. Beth Level is but the funniest woman I have ever met. The funny. I mean, nobody. Can, I you like people can't <laughs> laughter. She's so oh, yeah. good. And that's the thing, too. It's like nobody will ever do it the way these people do it. So there is something special about that that we right. created. It was alchemy. Like, we created, we caught lightning in a bottle. Ha, ha, mm-hmm. one of these things over there now. But oh. Yeah, we caught lightning in a bottle. And that is special. And there is something special about it moving on to a different audience. Mm-hmm. A different audience will get to experience it with different people. And it's not, they they get to keep telling the story, which is, and doing it in their own ways, which mm-hmm. is, I think, going to be fabulous. So, yeah, it was hard to process, but I'm ultimately not too hurt about it, <laughs> if that's... That's fair. Yeah. Uh, who was a star that you got to meet that you were starstruck over? <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones, honestly. Because, really? Yeah, she and Michael Douglas came to the show, but because Chicago was such a big influence on me, and all I wanted to be was be her and mm-hmm. Ezra McKelly, which is a very okay. appropriate thing for a 12-year-old to want, but she Do had you? this power and magnetism in that film that was unparalleled, and I, I, I've always gravitated towards very strong women with, like, gritty characters and ones that aren't always... Like a jailbird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. There was something I was like, I want that power. Literally spreading my legs as I say that. Yes, yeah. I mean, bossy. do you think? But so she and she was super lovely. So I think she was somebody that meant a lot to me mm-hmm. personally. Um, Glenn Close was really cool. Yeah, there were a bunch of really lovely people that came through. That Whoopi Goldberg, so kind, so nice, so supportive. You know who loves our show that I love? Ben Stiller and his family. Yes, he does. I oh, saw it with them. My God. They were, they're so kind, they're so chill. He said that that's their summer playlist was the prom soundtrack. They were incredibly lovely. Everybody who came to see the show was so nice and lovely. That's awesome. I didn't often get, you know, super starstruck, but like I got a little struck, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. I didn't read over some of these questions, and as I'm like going through them, I was like, um, so we talked about what's next. What's your favorite audience member audience member memory? As you being in the audience. Oh, as me being in the audience. Um probably the first no, this yeah. The first time I saw the Draws the Chaperone. Yes. That was my favorite, favorite, favorite show. It still is. I think it's a perfect but show. But then your body. life is full circle. That's to why. then be on I a think, stage. Yeah. With with Jowsy herself. Well, I wrote a paper about her in seventh Did you really? It was, who inspires you to write it? It was like, 
It was like right about four people that inspired you. So it was a four or five. It was like four pair, three paragraphs. No, for, I think it was like a paragraph each for inspiration. Hers mm-hmm. was the longest. And I wrote about Beth Lovell and how I wanted to be. I mean, I, I'm not anything like her as a performer necessarily. We have different strengths, but like she inspires me. I mean, I, I would love for some of her comedic genius to rub off on me. God, it's hilarious. It's unbelievable. And she's the kindest human. Yes. Um, I love her so much. I just, uh, I just want to like, ooh. She makes me so happy. And she's so supportive. So that was, so she's doing great. the show with her, written by Bob Martin, directed by Casey Nicola. Right. That was just like too much for me to handle. I'm with you. And I remember watching the Crosby Shop Run when it's just, it starts with Bob Martin speaking in the dark. Yeah. It's so, it was a show for for all of us theater nerds because he is yes, all of us exactly. And I, there's my like I you know, I put it on my records when I feel blue you know, with non-specific sadness which I call blue and I completely understood what yeah. it meant yeah. even as like a 13 year old being like uh, that's that's how I feel when I that's why I listen to Broadway it's yeah. because I don't I can't understand why and where it's coming from but. This just gives me a hug. It gives me inspiration yeah. and lifts me up. And it was a show that's so silly and so funny, done so well. That was like, this is what I want to do right. with my life. So I want to make people feel less blue. Yeah. Um, so I think that. And you do. I'm happy that I get to do that. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, or be a part of it. Be a cog in the wheel. But yeah, so that's that's, that's so awesome. awesome. That's probably my favorite audience. Uh, on stage mishap that happened oh. in the bathroom. Oh. Where do I begin? There's so many good ones. Um, I'm trying to think of on stage mishaps that I have done. I called my, I was singing. <laughs> okay, so this was actually the day we were rehearsing for the parade. Um, earlier that day, Caitlin Kinnan gave me a face hickey. Nice. Yeah, I didn't realize it was happening, but she sucked in my cheek long enough for there to be a mark. So I covered it up, and we get to the show that night, and Alyssa Green, the, my song and scene that happened, and I, it's a song where, like, I start off very strong and, like, kind of angry at her, because she's angry at me, um, but I, I turn around, and she's supposed to be really hurt, she's like, why, why aren't you there? And I see her look at my cheek and try not to laugh. <laughs> And so she starts, and I am the worst. If, if anybody goes on stage, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I can't. I start crying laughing. So I tried. It's like, hey, you can't let this. You're singing. You're like, the hair has to be perfect. And I was like, I can't. I can't let this affect me. So I turned it to be like, she's laughing at me. Why is she laughing at me? And be like, yeah, I'm going to use this as fodder. And then I said, your whole life's a lie when you're Arissa Green. And I called myself Arissa. <laughs> the beginning of the song. And then Caitlin went, her jaw literally dropped, and I, my eyes went wide, and I couldn't look at her, and I started crying early because I was laughing, and so I was, just, it was just a wreck. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. And there have been times where we haven't finished the end, we can't sing the end of the show because both of us are laughing, uh-huh. and it was always when Matt Scalar, our composer, was in the audience. I don't think he, it was very rare for him to finish the show, but he finished his show properly. I'm so oh, wow. sorry, Matt. But it was either because Caitlin and I have a way to communicate with our eyes where we know exactly what the other person is okay. saying. 
sometimes it would be like we're dancing together and I do this thing where I lock my arm and push her back. And she's like, what are you doing? So she'll do, she, all she'll do is just look at my arm and I would lose it. <laughs> and we'd start laughing. Sometimes we blend really well together that if we go flat, we don't know which one of us did go flat. Oh, okay. And so our eyes will go and then we just lose it then. Um, there's a lot of, there, oh, there's just been so many great. Speaking of arms, you have uh, very famous arms that circulated the internet at one point yeah. for being a Muppet. Yeah, the wacky playable. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah, I, so I did that, I do it, I did it, and you happened at a certain point. I was for sure, thought, I thought for sure thought I was going to get cut, and it never did. Didn't. So I kept doing it. Caitlin had, she was, we were eight months into the run, and she had no, she just realized I had done that. Um, when she saw it on the view, and she was like, "What the hell?" She had no idea. I just like flail my arms back and forth. Yeah. It's a really fun thing. I do that in life. Um, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, okay. yeah, it is Kermit the Frog. Um, and so, yeah, so she made a gif of that gif. gif I don't know what it is. It's either. like a gyro. Like I don't know yes. which one it is. I don't. Know. Um, yeah, so we made. <laughs> it's quite she funny. She made that. She it circulated. It became a trademark for me, I guess. Yeah. And like it was really cool. Our final show was just full of so much. It was just all fans and family and friends. That got applause in of the course. middle of you happy. It's now like, iconic. Wow! And I started. To, I was like, oh my god. It's iconic now. Yeah, it was. It's really fun. So I guess I have to put that in every show I do at some point. Yes, even as Velma. Yeah. Which has felt me too. It's amazing. Great. Um, I want to do some rapid fire, and then if you're yes. up for it, I would love to sing just a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready? Yeah. What's your favorite color? Orange. Favorite candy? Reese's. TV show? Friends. No, The Office. I'm sorry. Favorite? <laughs> it's The Office. It's not The Friends. Free show meal. Oh, um, uh, sushi. Sushi. <laughs> Over that. Uh, post show meal. <laughs> Pizza. Uh, favorite show currently on Broadway? Uh, Betrayal. Go to musical genre? Um, uh, 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 folk. R&B and folk. Uh, if you could be any other occupation, what would it be? Journalist. Favorite movie? Beth. Old school Broadway show before 1980. Um, um, fuck, um, I'm really bad at this. Um, before 1980. Uh-huh. Pass. Uh, Guilty Pleasure Snack. Uh, Reese's. Guilty Pleasure TV show. Oh, The Bachelor. It's coming up soon. Favorite holiday? Christmas! Summer, spring, winter, or fall? Summer. Favorite coast, east or west? East. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, uh, Captiva Island, Florida. Yes, dream role that you have already played, dream role that you are currently able to play at your age, and a dream role that you're excited to play later on in life. Oh, current dream role that I've already played, Sally Bowles, but I want to do it again. A dream role that I can play at my age now, uh, Liza Hamilton, and dream role that I want to do old, when I'm older in life, Dot and Feminine Party Bitch. Yes. It's actually quite funny that you say that I just, right before I interviewed you, was talking to you, um... Chris Rodriguez, mm-hmm. and her dream role is to play Sally Bowles. It's very interesting. So I felt like we should make the prom fans a little bit happy, and would okay. you indulge? Oh my gosh, sure. We can do yeah. a shortened version, I promise.
you don't like shaking pom-poms, you better learn to act. Just have everything perfected by the time you reach 18. Don't ask how or why when you're in the social medias. Oh Tell us God. everything. So I don't have a Twitter. That's um, okay. But you I don't need have one. Instagram. So you can find me at Instagram at Izzy McCalla. I-Z-Z-Y-M-C-C-A-L-L-A. I'm so thrilled. What's next? I'm going to take a dance class. Good. <laughs> That's next. And then I'm going to do a couple concerts before I leave. I'm going to do a fun home reading with Caitlin on the Oh, at the, at the... Yeah. At the... Whatchamacallit. Like, Psycho Civic. The... Uh, I should funeral home. Yes, the funeral home. It's an actual funeral home. With Jen... Jen Colella. Jen Colella's yeah. older Allison. Uh, Caitlin is medium Allison. Kate Baldwin is, you know, the mother. And Will Spencer is the father. Cast. Yeah, and I'm going to be Joan, the girlfriend. Um, fun fact, my middle name is Joan. Is it really? Yeah. Well, there we go. I learned three things. Yeah. Exactly. Woo! Um...